Да. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Welcome to Made the Zuby with you, everyone. I wanted to do it. <laughs> well... Whoa, whoa, whoa. Welcome to Made the Zuby with you, everyone. America's most loneliest TCG podcast. We come to you every week on Friday, and we never miss an episode. But tonight, we miss our homie. George is not with us tonight. Louis, do you have some kind words for George when he's able to make his return? I want to I want to cut down all the rumors. I know this has been a hot topic this week of was there a falling out between George and May the Zoo be with you? Absolutely not. Everyone is on great terms. Uh, no, I'm just talking. Uh, there was no rumors or anything like that. I was, just, I was trying to spice it up a little bit. Like, we're that popular, you know? I like it. I like uh, it. Like, listen, we, if we I have, can be involved in internet drama, I'm in. Let's go. <laughs> We have all been absolutely slammed this week. Uh, George more so than you and I, but both of us, all three of us, uh, just absolutely slammed. We were not able to coordinate, uh, and George is also not feeling super good. And so um, he was just like, hey, can you guys carry the team for us? So of all the times that George carried this podcast, here you and I are free to carry it for ourselves. Uh, yeah. Like, listen, I'm going to, every once in a while, I'm just going to have to. Yeah. Just like, I'm. I'm going to miss it. I'm going to miss yeah. it. So I, I do want everyone to know we miss George. I can't wait for him to come back next week. But what I understand, he's busy. Shout out to George. Hopefully you get everything done, buddy. Yeah. Leave your, hey, we miss George in the comment section below, everyone. That's that's the comment for this episode. Yeah. Like, I know you're not supposed to do that. YouTube says, like, don't do that in the first, like, two minutes. Like, yeah. no, but no, totally. Yeah. We miss George. Uh, yeah. All right. Enough about George. Uh, so here we go. We are talking about lots of things today. Uh, we're going to be <laughs> we talking. You, but also. <laughs> oh, we got to move on. Uh, we're going to be talking about Atraxa, a uh, huge price break in the new Atraxa, and then Phyrexia will be one. We'll give you some other thoughts on that. Uh, we're going to talk about merchandising today. Merchandising, merchandising, where the real money from the movie is made. What movie, Josh? What movie? I have no idea off the top of my head. Really? Oh, is that wow. Spaceballs? <laughs> you can't just movie quote quiz me on camera. I miss George. Bring George back. <laughs> Uh, we're going to talk about organized play because uh, there's a lot of updates and things going on there. Uh, Sorcery put out an update. They're at 48% of things printed and packed. We're going to talk about that and the foils and all that kind of stuff. Cryptic Wave 2, some serialized cards to chat about. Um, we're going to talk about my event a little bit. We had, did I tell you this? We had to, uh, the, we reached the cap for the event and we had to open it up. It's pretty cool. Like, listen, that's neat. I stopped listening. You said serialized cards. I'm in. We talked about how I should spend money last week. This is it. That's the answer. Always serialized cards. And then we're going to talk about MetaZoo Towers, which is the $2 million tournament. So um, pretty cool. Awesome. All right. Let's hop in and talk about Attraxa. This is your, your this is your play, Josh. So let's, uh, <laughs> I want to, I want to hear, I want to hear why Attraxa is spiking. And while you're doing it, I'm going to pull it up on the, uh, on the good old image. So for those that haven't followed along, Phyrexia All Will Be One is trending to be a fantastic Magic the Gathering set, and we're seeing some weird things going on in the secondary market, not only for sealed product with prices holding, but for singles, Atraxa is trending upwards, and by trending upwards, it is more than triple, I think, the, the going rate uh, on release. So that card is going nuts, and there's one reason and one reason only, and it's your and my favorite reason, Dr. Louis. It is... Commander. commander it's always commander that graph commander. is that graph's amazing it's, it's an incredible it's graph amazing. <laughs> like listen uh, if I'm i was doing gonna a terrible ride a job of showing it but if i was gonna ride a skateboard 
I would want that graph like 100%. But it just goes to show that even with these sets kind of coming out and us getting, you know, the 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 meme perpetual never ending spoiler season, there's still some stuff that we don't pick up on until it hits, right? I don't think this card was short printed. I don't think there's any weirdness going on behind the scenes. I think it's just a good card. Okay, can we take a tangent already? Uh, like four minutes into the episode. <laughs> I, dude, I'm, what you, you know what, me, I'm down. What are your thoughts on the efficacy of them short printing mythics? The efficacy, efficacy? of short like, is, that, is that the pronunciation do, of them? So, so wait, do wait. I, do I, so the question is, do so, I have an ethical issue so with what, them what, short? What would you say are your thoughts on the efficacy of them short printing mythics? <laughs> like, is this let me let me get a little preface here is this short printed i didn't know no god no i doubt it oh okay i was <laughs> like I, most things in magic aren't short print. um so listen, i just did a, I, I just did a stream with a couple other guys uh mm-hmm. and we all opened up Baldur's gate set boxes mm-hmm. and we pulled like five or, five or six elminsters and mm-hmm. only four total dragons of the ancient dragons in nine ancient, boxes wait of any ancient dragon of or any ancient ancient, of any of the five ancient dragons which like there was a lot of conversation of were those ancient dragons short printed because like the pull rates are crazy compared to uh the other mythics do you if that's true if we assume that that's true okay yeah mm-hmm. whether it's true or not if we assume that that's true are you okay with them short printing rares or mythics there's another conversation of this is did they do that with um like lands like the fetch lands and the shock lands mm-hmm. and these major sets are you okay with that so i i, I guess this is a two-part question the, the first part seems to be the one that's going to get me the most trouble on the internet and the second part seems to be an afterthought am i okay with that no i don't think i'm okay with that because for the reason that we get a breakdown of the booster pack, kind mm-hmm. of the percentage chance to pull, a, you know, one rare in every pack, the percentage chance for that rare to be upgraded and so on and so forth. You see that with every set. And, and I know March of the Machine is a, is a kind of a complicated one coming out. But we even see in that set, like here, here's your chance to pull things. And when you go past that and say, this is your chance to pull a mythic, but within that pool, there's a different pull rate and you don't define that anywhere for a company as large as magic the gathering that to me could spell spell problems i don't see any good that comes from that like so i yeah ethically if they were to say hey let's say they make a new rarity above mythic and they add a pull rate to that that's i'm not saying they should do that but then it becomes okay because you've defined to your player base to your consumers the chance to pull these cards when they open these boxes if you kind of pseudo hide that uh, I I don't like that. Didn't they do that for old magic? Like, wasn't there an uncommon one and uncommon two in I, the old old magic products, like the revised, you know, alpha beta, unlimited? I, I, feel, I, I think there was. I've done. I I think I've heard this in like different discords, but I've never, I've never looked into it myself, yeah. but if, if they, but if they did, like, this is the conversation. Why? I mean, I prefaced my answer with like, it's because it's a big company, man. Maybe that's, is it okay for us for a smaller community? Cause maybe it just adds more hype and that news will spread faster. Well, I think it's probably okay in 1994 when magic was the only TCG and they were figuring out things and it was brand new. And like, <laughs> You had yes, this yeah. world where like there were like now in, you know, 
where we are in the the world now there's a million different teas i don't think it's as viable for people to do that so i think i'm pretty much against that i do think magic does it though i'm i'm pretty i'm pretty strong on the side that magic short prints wow yeah it literally took one episode of you doing you and i doing a podcast just together again for you to go back to the tinfoil hat theory segment (laughs) Yeah, but dude, this is my favorite. It's it's like one. It's like one episode. Like I don't, I don't, I don't know, man. I you don't think I, they can, do I that? can't? I can't jump on that conspiracy train. I just don't. And the, you, you, you gave us the example of the ancient dragons and your giant box opening. I opened a Baldur's Gate collector box courtesy of a patron of mine early before release. Like I got mm-hmm. one. They said it to me. They said, "Hey, open it for the channel. Send me the stuff back." I. I had a, the exact opposite experience. Maybe it's a clumping thing. I opened three ancient copper dragons that's amazing. in that collector box. Like, well, it's, yeah, it's crazy. Well, and that's a great point is like sometimes the like nine boxes sh- certainly isn't enough to like do right. any sort of whatever. Like clumping is certainly a thing. So that that's a great right. point. No, I'm also that, like a conspiracy theory. Like I'm there. Like I are like, we going to expose? Are we going to expose our next podcast right now? Oh yeah, where we talk about ex- conspiracy theories. <laughs> yeah, you and I do, are doing the conspiracy theory skeptic podcast. There's an amazing channel called the Y Files. Oh that, my god! No, we're not. I, no, we're not using this platform to promote conspiracy theory YouTube. Channels. No, it's not. It's not like that. It's not like that. It's not like that. But it's, it's, uh, it's the one. It's got the fish. He, yeah, it is. But he just like yeah. tells story. Anyway, <laughs> uh, back to Atraxa. Uh, <laughs> uh, so yeah, this card, this is one of those amazing Magic the Gathering moments where like, if you pulled this on pre-release and you sold it for like seven bucks, no, <laughs> you're like kicking yourself right now. Like, uh, but like, oh, to every loss, there's a win, dude. If you bought it for seven bucks, yeah, yeah, yeah. you're celebrating. You know, I, mean? I would be very, very, uh, like, do not buy this card for $35. So. There's zero reason this card. This should is be, not financial advice. There's zero reason this card should be thirty five dollars in its lowest form. Right. That's like, that's the uh, weird one. I could see if this card popped as a commander in your heavy treatments. You know, kind of the commander that sits outside the ninety nine. I've talked about uh, Ramos Dragon Engine. Right. I want to mm-hmm. play the serialized one as a commander. Because it sits outside the 99. You're not shuffling it, all that stuff. I can yeah. see the special edition one, but the regular edition at 35. And actually, the $35 one is damaged. Yeah. The next one, the next one though, is $36 yeah, or something like yeah, that. Yeah. Like, it's not. How do you get a like, damaged oh, card this early? <laughs> wild. It's wild. Listen, what I, were you doing? Get, what were you, sometimes, what I, were you sometimes I get mad. I just, you know, whip them across the room. Um, is there not a, another version of it, or did I just search wrong? Tracks, uh, no, there's there's several yeah, okay. versions of it. It's this. just that oh, stupid yeah. when you search on TCG Player, it pops up. Louis, um, it is modern Magic the Gathering. There is 14 <laughs> variants. There, wait. There's a lot is of variants. This, this is, is this the the legend that comes in the, the game store, the WPN and WPN Premium secret only secret layer as well? I, I thought there's a special version of this card that comes in that uh, game store secret layer. Check, fact check me comment section. If that's the yeah. case, if that's the case, that that's secret layer just got a little bit of value for you local game stores. That's great for them. Yeah. Um, this is, is, it is obviously one of the oil slicked raised foils. Oh, that's another conversation we should be having in this episode. Let's do it. Uh, well, first I want to talk about you, that you're not seeing this played anywhere other than commander, right? No. Yeah. 
I, I assumed so. So like, I mean, that's maybe, like, why that that's why I don't think this card should be worth <gasps> thirty five bucks. Oh, the baby. She's gonna cry herself back to sleep. She's okay. Oh, yeah. Parents understand. Hear? Parents understand that. Non-parents are judging you hard right now. Like you're gonna let your baby cry. This is her second night in her big girl bed, guys. You Aww. guys, you guys, be nice to my beautiful baby girl. So I don't. I don't think it's. But before the comment section warriors get after me, there might be some reanimator strategy with this. It could be making waves in standard, which actually could be meaningful you never know like i guess could you, digital versions of this card affect the paper price yeah, yeah no. I, <laughs> I i just don't see any time where like a, a card like this should be 35 bucks if it's just a commander because it's a one of right like you're not you're you're not gonna see this only so many people are gonna build this uh mm-hmm. it's an expensive deck to build i mean you're in four colors other than red yep and um it's an expensive deck to build so i think this comes back down pretty heavy uh so just be careful i would this would be one of my again not financial advice i would sell this at 35 dollars. i would not buy this at 35 dollars. um listen i'm also selling this card at 35 dollars. again not financial advice but like i'm not a huge commander player so i don't want this card for 35 dollars. do you have any problems as a player with the newfound like white white and black contrast theme that is going on in magic the gathering cards where it's like not really colors but just like this like dark white and black contrast and you can't really see exactly what the art looks like or what the card is because one of the great things about magic the gathering in my opinion is like you can see the card across from you and you know what it is you don't have to read it you don't really have to ask it but like now with 15 different variants of every card and like some cards are just like not even there's no color on them and that kind of thing. Does that bother you? Because I saw a couple uh, conversations about this this week. So the only thing that bothers me is it feels like limited weekend is wild. I And I want to shout out the correct creator. They're, they're a bigger channel. I think it's maybe it was Pleasant Kenobi. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with Pleasant. He was talking about his his release events. And he's like. Yeah, I someone played the same card as I already had, and it was I didn't even know it. I turned it around to read it, and I was like, "Oh, it's the same card I already have." Like, right? I didn't even realize. So, I, I, I don't know. It falls under the variants, right? I don't like the many different variants. As far as the contrast, like the high contrast art style, like I guess art's subjective. Like this is a green blue card, and you wouldn't know if it wasn't for the pips and then that little bit of border in the top, right. otherwise you'd have no idea. So no, I, I'm not, I'm not a fan, but I also respect that it's subjective and I, you know, maybe I just don't get it. Yeah. It used to be that like the, the, if it was a red card, there would be like fire in the artwork. It was a, yeah, it was it was a, a red, red card. card. It made sense. The yeah. magic of it made sense. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know. Now it's just not like that anymore. I, I think it's a weird thing. It's definitely, a result of the flashy era too um which is fine it's, like uh, listen we are both boomers um yes. like we are we are both magic boomers uh and don't like change if it brings more people into the game then i'm okay with it like that's where i am like if the flashy era is gonna make magic more competitive and we'll get talking about this when we talk about um uh merchandising if it's going to make magic more competitive in the TCG landscape, then I'm all for things like this, because what I want to see happen, especially as a store owner is magic the gathering, reach a wider audience of people. Um, 
and you know you have to compete with pokemon you have to compete with all these other new games that are coming out like you want magic to be competing with the top tier so Give homage to George and make the face there. I I'll give you the compete with Pokemon. I don't know how much competing Magic's doing with like new indie TCGs. Like I that's such a misnomer. I don't know. We're not in the indie TCG segment. That's my least favorite. I agree. TCG take. I agree. Ever. In, in fact, this is a great transition to merchandising um, because I saw a post this week uh, that was talking about uh, they basically pulled the numbers, the data. It was in a Lorcana Discord actually. Um, or Lorcana Facebook group, they actually pulled the numbers and they like the eBay sales percentage and they did like a market cap for TCGs. Uh, and Pokemon was at like 80% or something like I that. Saw, I saw this, yeah. Uh, Pokemon was like between 70 80%. I can't remember exactly what it was, but I made the argument of like it was just it wasn't Pokemon cards that were in that it, top, it was the search. Right. Pokemon, which right. is everything. It's like every it's video games, it's whatever. It's the MetaZoo versus Flesh and Blood discussion, right? It's IP versus the TCG. Yeah, like and like and yeah, and like merchandising versus that. Yep. Uh, but this week we saw the Love Sack. Um the, Love Sack, <laughs> baby Love Sack. Which is it's wild to me that this has gotten so much backlash for Magic. <laughs> cares if they want to put a thousand dollar love sack out like who cares all kind of costs a lot of money let's not perpetuate the i think it's uh, the commenter on my channel this week was i think the name of the commenter was the weiss and then like some series of numbers and if i'm getting that wrong and you do watch this podcast let me know in the comment section below they pointed out they're like hey this is the average cost of of your love sack which ironically and or unironically was both of our nicknames in college, right? <laughs> <laughs> but I think the average cost of the love sack was like eleven hundred to twelve hundred dollars, and the Magic the Gathering love sack was like fifteen hundred dollars. So no, like it's a thousand. No, I thought it was yeah, more. it's a thousand, it, and it comes with a set box. Like because Rudy it, was like doing a whole thing on. I only watched uh, the Rudy video. Yeah. Oh, I don't watch Rudy content. I watch I watch hometown TCG content. Shout out, let's go. Uh, no, no, it's it doesn't. See, it's the the markup doesn't seem that much. Like there's it a, seems silly. There's a love set called the big one. <laughs> Are you showing this to the viewers right now? Gosh, I hope you're showing this. To the viewers right now. <laughs> there's one called the big one. Let uh, us know in the comment section which love sack Louie would be. That's what I want to know. I want to okay. know which love sack best represents you. So Magic comes out with their their you know their love sack, um, and everyone's like talking about it like it was negative. I think it's funny. I think it's great. I think stuff like this is good for the game. I think it's like, I listen. I know somebody that has one of these things. They are remarkably comfortable. For the record, like, really, I've never yeah. sat in one. I would never pay the cost of an actual couch. Like a good, nice, expensive couch for one of these. But so, like, I know somebody who's like, you know, they sell pharmaceuticals. So, uh, it, yeah, fifteen hundred dollar couch for or uh, love sack for them is that have to do with anything? Did you just put every pharmaceutical salesperson on blast? Yeah, I guess. Yeah, that's, that's fine with me. It's a, it's a weird, weird group of people to generalize, but you know, hey. they can afford things like this. I can't like. <laughs> Unless you're really a bad pharmaceutical sales rep. 
Yeah. <laughs> you probably can't. Um, so no, like, it's, I, I, there were people making the Magic 30 argument and be like, look at Watsy greedily. But I was like, this is the worst. Like, it's different when you market a trading card game player or, or your standard box or the complete bundle. You know, if, if Wizards was to go on Amazon right now with the complete bundle selling at 139 yeah. or whatever it is on TCG Player. And they were to sell it on their Amazon store at 120. The, right. Those are those are bad. Those are negative. Those are greedy. This is hey, you partnered with a company. You probably you said hey, we have to make some money. That company probably had a lot. The the Love Sack company probably had a lot to do with what the actual price of this yeah. giant beanbag is, more so than Wizards of the Coast did. Yeah, like I this is a horrible. People are like oh, this is greedy Wizards. That's a horrible take. Horrible. I do take. think it's like not the right. <laughs> market though right like what tcg player wants one of these things? a way better a way better product that they've marketed is the mtg arena hot pocket that's what 100 percent a better hit in this case like, if you're a tcg player at a game store are you gonna sit on a love sack are you gonna eat yourself a hot pocket we're gonna eat ourselves a hot pocket what do you 100%. want a 1500 couch or a two dollar dinner <laughs> Which one? uh Hold on, that game store is marking that hot pocket up to four bucks for sure. Yeah. That's oh my gosh. Uh, yeah, the, like I think the hot pocket thing is a perfect example of it's... a fantastic merchandising product that they should do infinitely more of. So yeah, like, I think it's got a digital code on it. I want to see it on Jack's Pizza. I want to see it on my milk carton. Like, I want to see. It. I want to see. This is what I want. I want promo cards in your LGS <laughs> that you have to go. You have to go and take your hot pocket wrapper or hot no, pocket no, whatever. No, I thought you were gonna say you want them in the hot pocket. Could you stop? <laughs> Get out of here. My store manager, Lauren's here. <laughs> Throwing kids' toys at me. Shout um, out Lauren. Like I want I want you to have to like go so when I remember I, I think I've told the story before on one of our podcasts. Uh, when I played Destiny, Destiny Two came out, and I took two days off work, and for four in a forty-eight hour window, I paid played forty-six hours of Destiny Two, yeah. and they had code, they had codes on Red, I think it was Red Bull or uh, maybe it was Rockstar and uh, and and um, Rockstar Energy, Rockstar and Pop Tarts, and for forty-six hours for forty two days, all I. Ate. Was Rockstar from Pop Tarts? That's it. Oh, like, listen, I was an adult. I wasn't in high school. I wasn't in college. I I had a full time job. Took two days off. But like the point is, things like that help games grow. And you see this in video games all the time, right? They they help games grow. And I think I personally want to see Magic do more than that. They are way way behind Pokemon infinitely behind pokemon in terms of market share of products sold and sure the way that the market works now well there's also credit, infinitely less products right so like pokemon's got a litany of products i'm, I'm talking table. about just there's, tcgs too like i really believe that magic sells less boxes than pokemon in a year like i, I wholeheartedly wholeheartedly but believe you that. you you believe that but like we don't have anything that that backs that up do we I, like I don't have any evidence to show you right now, but I, I think I want to make sure it's still made the zuby with you. If you look at, if you look at, like, like Magic doesn't sell booster packs in, uh, in Costco, 
like George sends us photos of him going to Co- George is the Costco guy. George walks, is the Costco. It's it walks, awesome. It walks out of Costco with a, like pallet. a pallet of, of, of ETBs. Uh, ETBs or tins. Tins. Or what is and it? Then, the tins, right? Yeah, yeah, whatever it is. And like they sell Pokemon everywhere. Gas stations, uh, Costco, like everywhere you can at dollar general all the time i'm in these facebook groups and they're posting check your dollar general because dollar general has pokemon up like pokemon sells way more packs i have no doubt about it i want to hear the comment section disagree with me and i want to know why now magic has way more players i'm not making that argument like magic has way more players but they're way behind in the um in the social and uh community side of their game and i think that there's a lot to like if can you imagine if they put the same merchandising and effort into ip as pokemon how many more players there would be for magic together because it is a much better game a much more you know versatile game i i just want to see them do more of this stuff and i think if they were doing that a lot of their problems that we're seeing right now with hasbro would be solved i like, I, I don't want to say that ship has sailed because I always think that wizards and magic can improve. And I, oh God, what was it? It was last week. I, I had a take. I was like, hey, wizards should get credit for this. And I was just waiting. And my comment section did not let me down. They're like, really? I was like, yeah, wizards get credit for this. I, I, I don't want to say the ship has sailed, but man, it feels like to build that IP at this point to compete on that level uh, the level of being able to reach the number of people that pokemon reaches seems like a pipe dream like pokemon's gonna reach more people but you alluded to magic magic being obviously the better game right and maybe that lends to if we're just talking about tcg products not anything else just the cards magic probably has a little more sticking power I could see someone flopping in and out of Pokemon from a TCG perspective. They probably mm. always oh, still yeah. collect the plushies, uh, play the video games, watch the show, whatever it is. Oh, yeah. But you from move in and with, out of this. Yeah. Not even gameplay, just when you buy packs. You probably move in and out of that space more freely. When you're a yeah. Magic consumer, you, because there's not a litany of Magic the Gathering products, unless you know, you're know you in the market for a $1,200 love sack, <laughs> you're pretty much just buying probably you know most releases that come out save you know super crappy things like you know high-end magic 30 or whatever it might be Mm. so i think there's a little more sticking power then so you have to gauge like hey if you start doing this are you going to start moving into a space where you just you don't have any play i don't know it's an interesting it's an interesting thought if if you could have one magic the gathering item that you could purchase right now black lotus no, 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 not a card. Like, I mean, like some, some point, some merch, yeah. like some piece of merchandise. A house I could trade for a Black Lotus. <laughs> what, would it, what would it be? Oh, that's it. Okay. So, I, gosh, is it within arm's reach? My favorite card is the Einstein art presence of the master. Yes. I would get like a presence of the master, like wall art or something like that, or tabletop mat because I'm, I'm super lame. I'm not really creative. I don't want a couch that expresses my love for magic the gathering i don't want anything like that I just, I want, it would be it would be a gaming accessory which is already available so i don't know what about I, you i think that's Supposedly. a cop out here's I'm, yeah. I'm popping up your artwork right now for everybody to see this is the artwork he's talking about yeah. presents from legends it is yeah. great artwork i agree with you 
That is, it's fantastic artwork. It's not, <laughs> that's the best art in Magic the Gathering. It's not even close. And Josh is not just saying this. We have had this conversation about 15 times. So you're not just saying this for the podcast. It's, it's still the gift I buy other TCG enthusiasts around Christmas because it's a card that doesn't break the bank. And it's a cool thing to add to your binder. It looks neat. So I want a Magic the Gathering phone case. Like, See, th- this is the most. You came ba- prepared to this conversation. I, I did didn't. Not. I, it's a I great came, answer. It's I a came great up with this answer. on the spot. I, I want a presence to the master phone case. Boom. Like, I want, I want to see. Uh, so, I have this theory about Magic the Gathering. It, sure. And this is based on, uh, I was watching, for whatever reason. So, I was watching CNN. Like, just watching the news. I want to be very clear to the comment section. I don't care if you watch CNN or Fox News. It was on the TV at my mom's house. I was just watching. This is like... Oh, I did see that. This is like a a while ago. I can't remember exactly what it was. Anyway, this guy who's like a... He's like on the interview with CNN. Like, in his background has an uncut sheet from like... I don't remember what said. Oh, you but, brought this up on the podcast. It's the senator or whatever. Yeah, some senator. Yeah. And like, I have this theory about magic that like way more people care about Magic the Gathering or have cared about Magic the Gathering in the history than would ever outwardly be like, hey, world, I love this because there's no opportunity for it because they can't engage with the game because they don't have time to play the game all the time. You, you know, they, we talked about this a little bit. You have kids, you have whatever you fall out of the game and there's no way for you to continue to engage with the hobby. Unlike Pokemon where like, if you used to collect the cards as a kid, you end up picking up, you know, picking up the game. And, you know, even now, like I, I talk to adults who are like, yeah, I picked up the new Pokemon game. I was just bored. I have a Nintendo switch. My kids play it. I picked it up and I played through the new Pokemon game. It was a lot of fun. Like they engage in the hobby still as adults. Um, and like, I feel like at some point, just stupid little things like being able to have your favorite planeswalker, your favorite magic artwork, your Einstein artwork, on a phone case, it would be amazing. Like that opportunity for people, when a new set comes out, you have a way to engage with the product and more than just the cards. I think that makes the hobby deeper. And maybe, I mean, maybe it would also allow them to find some other revenue source other than like whatever they're doing with their booster boxes. This is, uh, this is going to turn into an anti-wizard's tech <laughs> real quick, isn't it? Like you're, I can, I literally see you making the turn. Like, but like if they, I don't know. I, I just I, something else to sell on Amazon other than undercut the LGS. You know I mean? God, George, where are you when I need you? I did not have to go this way. You know, put bets no. on if George watches this podcast. Zero. <laughs> Zero. We could say we could say anything about about our buddy that we wanted. He'd have no idea. He also won't read the comment section, so don't even bother. Yeah. Um. That's so- that's so don't that's so mean. Um <laughs> listen, there's there's something to that, but we made a point when I when we made the Zuby with you season two. Is that what you called it? That's what this is. Okay, kicked well, I didn't know what the kicked off when yeah. it got what it got better when I got here. Yeah. <laughs> it, we made a point that hey, Magic doesn't often pay any close attention to their IP. You know, they don't really there's no series about following your planes your favorite planeswalker. Often the story is lost. Right. And now it, it's funny to see as we've grown in the community and grown in the game, we, we are advocating for like, it would be cool to have your favorite planeswalker on, you know, your phone case or whatever. And I think it goes to show 
that when you get into the world of Pokemon, you get into the world of magic, the community is so big compared to what we're used to. Even when we think like, oh, you don't have a favorite Planeswalker. And I would say, I would venture a good percentage of Magic the Gathering players don't care about a favorite Planeswalker. According even to Mark small- Rosewater, the average Magic the Gathering player doesn't even know what a Planeswalker is. Lord, give me strength. <laughs> but <laughs> you're so you're just trying to derail people. I think it's interesting that even that small percentage of the community represents such a large number of people that that product would still probably do well. You know, a Planeswalker series, Phyrexia yeah. all will be one phone cases and you got completed phone cases versus not completed phone cases for the iPhone and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah, IP's IP's a weird one for magic. It's neat to see them getting into merchandising. And I could not think of a better you know what? No, the one product I want is a love sack. I want it <laughs> and it's gotta be a it's I want magic 30 cards. I don't even want real magic cards. I want magic 30th anniversary cards on my love sack. I love it. Um I don't know. I, I just think there's there's more to that. Um It'd be interesting. It would be interesting to see. I love your idea of following a planeswalker in a series. Now, do you think like what if they just like said, Hey guys, lore, we sucked at it for 30 years? Yeah. That's just like hit the reset Are we button. Back into your March of the Machines take. Is that yeah. are you bring us? Full I think everybody dies. Weird Everyone dies. Everyone's completed new magic lore for the new next 30 years. So everyone's completed, and that's just the end. There's there's yep. there's a book there's a bookend it says the end and there's a new bookend that says the beginning. I can't see that happening. I that that's fantastical. They started that's, with like two years worth of lore, they did nothing for 28 years, and then it's the end. It's it. It's just, I listen, if you end up being right about that, you know, kudos to you. That's a that's a bold take. Wow, you are wild today. George, George is gone and you, you turn on fun. the jets. No, it's great. I thought we were having. I'm, yeah, whatever. It's great. I mean, you're you're wrong. But it's great. It's fine. Uh, all right, <laughs> <laughs> move it on. All right, tell me about organized play. We got uh, new organized play structure launching now. So yeah, in honor of the pro tour return, I think kickoffs either today or tomorrow as of the release of this podcast it's fun to talk about magic returning to organized play you and i being in the indie indie tcg game you know a lot of that revolves around getting people together playing these games because you have a small enough community you really rely on that and magic for the longest time put that mantle down but then recently they said nope just kidding psych jk covid is you know, maybe slowing down or the pandemic, the shutdown is, you know, depending on your area and your beliefs, slowing down. And we're returning to organized play. Do you think that we are going to see large turnouts or this is going to flop because it's not commander? Oh, I think this will see large turnouts. Really? Oh, yeah. Like that. I'm not, I have no doubt about that. Listen, we, we just talked about this. There's so many players that play sure. magic and like modern play let's use i mean i know it's we're going to get into what the formats are but sure. there are so many people who are waiting for another tournament or another this or that or the other thing will it be the same numbers as pre-pandemic i don't know i don't i don't i don't know if that's really even a metric actually actually i had a conversation with my wizards rep this past week because we're talking about some of the expansion stuff at the new store um and i was talking about like how much does organized play numbers really matter right now mm-hmm. in terms of stores and promos and whatever and he was like really we don't really care right now like th- we're not even really looking at the numbers the only thing we we care about is like w- 
it isn't really based on history or whatever. We just want to know what is it that you are doing because we're trying to figure out what should we be doing. And so like Mm -hmm. their expectations from a store level, their expectations are like completely nominal. Like they don't even have, it's like whatever you feel comfortable doing. And I got the sense from him again, he's not like some high up at wizard of the coast or anything like that, but he's in there, whatever. I got the sense from him of like, they are still very skeptical and very uh, reserved on what to expect the pushback to be from the community um, and what to expect for the event. So, uh, but I personally think people are itching for, more bigger tournaments and fun play like they advertise commander i i don't i don't know man you just hit the nail on the head i I, i'm the magic play guy like just did just came off of magic the gathering online live stream uh love playing the game played at every chance i get right that's that's kind of my my niche it's kind of something i do i think when you spend the last seven years making everything about commander it's hard to bring people into the rcq to play pioneer to play modern and other formats like that i think now you've you've spent a good amount of time conditioning your player base to be like hey commander casual play and now you pick up the organized play mantle i truly believe it's going to be slow going and i think we're going to see a lot of people point to magic organized play numbers especially the pro tour and say magic's not that popular we're gonna have certain other games saying look at our numbers versus these numbers where i'm 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 not saying i agree with that i'm saying this is what we're gonna see i think there's a couple things to keep in mind first of all the pro tour for magic is a capped event right there's a it's just like the the pro tour for most of these events there's a certain number of players that can show up the difference is the qualifying events for magic are going to be more widespread We've said it before, every game store, probably mm-hmm. every game store sells Magic the Gathering product. It's it's probably safe to say every game store sells Pokemon product and every game store sells Magic the Gathering product. All those game stores will have an opportunity, most, you know, any WPN store will have an opportunity to have an RCQ, your, your base level local event. It's going to be more widespread. So instead of seeing one 500,000, you know, 2,000 person event, you're going to see a bunch of 36 person event mm-hmm. so i think that's going to be indicative of you know maybe some negativity so between that and again the we're all about commander i think we're it's going to be a bumpy road well so even like uh we were talking about the what is it philadelphia or um, um magic magic con philly. philly yeah so they in the advertisement that i saw i saw commander advertised they were like we're gonna have more command sure. space Sure. I, again, you correct me if I'm wrong. I, I was just like, why are we advertising for com- to commander players? I don't understand why commander players want to go to an event like that. Uh, most commander people that I have talked to, most people who play commander that I talk to don't even really like, like paying for prize support at the LGS. They just want to play in a pod and hang out and have fun or they want to play at their house and hang out and have fun. I think these advertisements and what they're marketing should go more towards modern pioneer competitive. I would love to see popper be more like part of this whole thing in more tournament scene and whatever, because I think that there is a whole nother demographic of people like you who don't care about commander. And they feel like these things are just advertised as 
for the every magic player commander and it's not it's for the competitive side so let me there's a couple things i want to push back on first of all i think you based on you know again the the past i'm calling it seven years i i I don't know if that's correct, but the past N number of years where we've been saying Commander is the primary focus of Magic the Other, and we're printing sets that are indicative two. of that. It, it, God, it feels like seven. We're it was printing la- sets. It was the year of Commander was 2021, if I'm remembering correctly. I you, I think that's I think that's fair. I think the year of Commander was led up to by 2020, which was probably a very commander heavy year like maybe if even if they didn't say it out loud i think they were trying some stuff look at some of the cards that came out anyway we we don't need to get down this rabbit hole i think based on that when you return to organized play you have to do something that says hey we want you to care about this for the last three years now when we're returning to events we've conditioned you to care about this for three years we need to bring you in the door right Mm -hmm. so there's an element of that and there's also this element and this misnomer that has to be put to bed that you can't play these other formats at the FNM level, even at the RCQ level, play a fun deck. You're not going to, no, you won't win your RCQ. You're not going to be the, the store champ, but gosh, you can have so much fun brewing and playing different decks in these formats. And I think we have to drive people there. And the first step to doing that is getting people to sit at those tables, right? So you got to get them in the door. So you're saying, so Pioneer, we didn't say this, but Pioneer is the organized play, like the primary organized play thing right now, right? Like that's what they're advertising. So that's the that's the big shift for organized play. I believe it's RCQ season, it's season two or something. I think, it's, I think it's called series two. And instead of letting all of the local game stores play their preferred format, they are forcing every WPN store that runs an RCQ to play Pioneer, right? They're saying, hey, we all have to play Pioneer because when we get to the RQ and then eventually the Pro Tour, that Pro Tour that leads from that competitive event is going to feature Pioneer. Yeah. See, I like that. Like, I think I think Wizards needs to get Pioneer to replace Standard. And I think personally that should be their focus like all all the time right now they should like commanders there like what can you do to make commander more right now like i think if anything i hear from commander people that they want they want less focus on commander that they liked the brewing and the fun that was commander instead of wizards just printing 15 new commander cards that if you play white you have to put in your deck now because they are new commander staples and like i feel like they don't put a emphasis on pioneer or you know standards kind of dead but like i i want to see a huge i want to see a huge push towards a format like pioneer and in a paper format at the lgs totally but let's if you are a magic the gathering player and let's use let's use you as an example it's going to be hard to get you to sit down at an rcq because there's a lot of barriers that i think you need to get across you're someone that we've talked about doesn't like to you when you feel an event is sweaty you're like "Eh, i don't really want to sit down and sweat and play this highly competitive event we have to break down that barrier they're like hey you can play this event unless it's popper unless it's yes unless your deck costs four thousand dollars in which case then hey foil elves deck from seventh edition uh, all in baby but i I think you have to I think you have to break down that barrier, right? So I think this is just going to be the first step. It's going to be a multi. It's going to be a multi-step process. But they're trying to re- reach a wider audience. We talked about Commander. You mentioned RCQ season series two is Pioneer. Uh, RCQ then series three, the RCQ that 
follows Pioneer will actually be modern. So they are going to switch it up. They're not going to force you to play Pioneer all year long. And you alluded to we need Pioneer to replace Standard, and I kind of trapped you here. Because RCQ Series 3 is paper standard. No. Wizards of the Coast has dictated that for Series 3 of 2023, for RCQs, you will play paper standard. And is this a way, if you take a look at that process, I want to ask you as someone who might have like a barrier for entry, are you, I feel like you're more likely to enter on Pioneer. You're less likely to enter on Modern. You're less likely to kind of get that itch, maybe make that financial commitment, especially if you're a newer player. And then Standard is the wild card. Are you, are you, do you think that's a good path? Do you think that's a bad path? Oh my gosh. Uh, yeah, I just broke your brain with paper standard, didn't I? I, <laughs> I don't know how you get people to play standard. I, like, I don't, like, I feel like Arena has kind of, the mixture of Arena and Alchemy and, like, the way that they do things has mm-hmm. kind of killed that environment. And, uh, I think a format like Pioneer is easier to sell to somebody. It's non-rotating. Your you know your deck is deeper. It's older, um, whatever. And like a format like Standard, it's like the sales pitch for it's just rough. I feel like that you've lost the now. What maybe would work, and Wizards would never do this. Never. As if they Shout came out, out if Mark Rosewater came out or Chris Cox took a step away from his cocktail parties and like talked to the community and said something along the lines of, Hey, we, we, we messed up. Like we did, we didn't value blocks. Remember like when we used to have blocks and you were excited <sighs> about the block, like that was fun. Standard was fun. Stop dude. Your magic boomer is showing. Cause I like <laughs> it too. Like I'm excited, but your magic Ma- boomer is showing magic was fun when it was blocks. And it was like, you were excited for the season of magic and the, you know, the yeah, next, but- like that was fun. Standard was fun back then so- when it made sense. And it wasn't like this just hodgepodge of things thrown together that, have no sequence or storyline or fun or whatever like sure but let me pitch you a scenario here and this is what i think is a likely outcome and i want to get your take on this pioneer i think with a little bit of tweaking could be your best opportunity to bring people back in i made a video way back when they announced their return to organized play and wizards actually said this is going to be surrounded around pioneer you know we have, we're not releasing how it's going to happen but pioneer is going to be a centerpiece of how we do things i think that's great because like you said your deck is legacy, right? It's eternal. You always get to keep it around. You can play it at any time. Um, it's definitely more affordable than something like modern. And it attracts a lot of the people that have come in, in the last two, three years. Modern's scary. But the fear with standard is exactly that. With it being a rotating format, not only do you have the balance issue, the last competitive paper or standard event was Magic Arena. And I think 31% of decks were Esper midrange. of the metagame, which I don't care what TCG you play, 31% of the metagame being dominated by something with this wide of a range is bad. So there's going to have to be some kind of balance there. But also, if we're alternating Pioneer, Modern, Paper Standard, Pioneer, but let's pretend that this is a, a cyclical event, it's really hard to say, hey, invest in Paper Standard, learn how Paper Standard works, drop it, and then a year later, 
pick yeah. it back up. Paper standard generally something you have to keep up with. Do you think that the order that they're doing it in with paper standard not leading the way or maybe not being just how we're going to do it here on out is a bad thing? Yeah, like I think you need a format. That's the main Magic the Gathering format. Like I, th- I think you need Ooh, a... That's a bad take. Really? No, you, you need to be able to pop between formats, but paper standard with it being a rotating format, I think is... You can't pop in and out of that one. You can pop in and out of eternal formats where you can use your deck. You can use some of that previous knowledge. Your paper standard knowledge is useless. Yeah. I Like, listen, you're talking to the wrong guy about standard. I have always hated standard. Other than, like, the one or two blocks that I played in, I've always hated the idea that your deck rotates out completely. Like, That's because you're phrasing it wrong. Standard gives you an opportunity to constantly play new strategies and play with new cards. It forces you to say, hey, I'm going to play with new cards. Yeah, but like, like I don't and You open your draft booster box that. and you you don't play with 60% of the cards unless you're playing paper standard. 60% of the cards are useful. Well, not, maybe now there's printed for commander. I don't know. But back in the day. <laughs> yeah, like I... I know, like I, I, this is why I like legacy formats. But Magic doesn't want to push you legacy formats because they don't want you to. Op- they want you to open new stuff. Yeah, like I get that. Like, but I, I like Popper because I have twenty Popper decks and I can sure. pick them up and enjoy them and play with different formats or play different, you know, on sure. a different night. So I don't know. Like I think for me, I think it's just hard. M- my store and all the stores around me have gotten away from standard. I think it would be really hard to sell somebody on standard. It's it's going to be extremely difficult to pop back into, in my opinion. Yeah. We'll, well, listen, we'll see how it goes. I don't like it as a pop in, pop out. If you were going to tell me that every RCQ is all paper standard, you could tell me that you could use that as a way to rebuild a paper standard community. But if you're going to pop in for one series out of three annually, I think it's going to be a rough go. I, I anticipate, even though that'll be the cheapest way to play an RCQ, that it has the least turnout. But see, like that's why I'm saying that Magic needs to find, like, commit to a format as like the pinnacle format for the game, because like y- then you can commit. Then a new player can say, "This is what I'm going to. If I want to be competitive, this is what I'm going to compete with. This is what I'm going to play." And you can branch off of that from there. But like you, you have that format that's like, "This is the bread and butter that used to be standard." In my opinion, uh, but it, yes, but standard works in that way. Paper uh, Magic the Gathering and Wizards of the Coast, in my opinion, can commit to standard because it rotates. It will always be exciting. It will always be new. Mm. There's a reason to follow that content because okay. it's ever changing. You're going to get stuff, and even in modern, right? Modern is one of the most wide formats currently on the market. But if there's strategies that are just the same there's underworld breach strategies there's there's is it uh murktide strategies right there's hammer strategies and while those strategies will pivot slightly they'll be pretty much the same and it's gonna get boring so i think you i don't think you can have one format if it's an eternal format drive that bus you have to maintain interest you have to be able to pop in and out of certain aspects of the community interesting yeah um listen it's gonna be fun yeah i'm excited to see where this goes and i think like it's encouraging to see that they are maybe identifying that they let things slide too far. Um, as far as no organized play. Yeah. Like yeah, they did. Like that's good. That's good. That's a good redirect. 
Um, Listen, we were we were covering a game that did the probably the only smart like the smartest move I've ever seen that game do. They were like Magic was like we're not doing organized play, and that game was like we will we'll, we'll yeah. do that. Yeah, that's great. Um, all right, so let's move on to sorcery. Um, so Ooh. sorcery, let me pull up the Kickstarter. Uh, put out a new Kickstarter update. Let's see what did we talk about last week with sorcery? What was the uh, we. we- the, oh, the beta. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so we have an update now on alpha. Uh, where's my thing here? Update now on alpha. Uh, full production boxes are ready to go. They've got 48% of booster packs have now been assembled and sealed. And they've got these holographic foils kind of popping in and out. Um, I really like the art pack. Did you watch this video, Josh? I did not. Yeah, probably didn't have time because we were crazy this week. So I was the, about to say it's been a wild week. The the they put the artwork on like right on top of the box topper pack, which is super cool. The foils though, a lot of conversation in my communities, way more rainbowy than kind of anticipated. Um mm. and I can't tell if it's just the video and the lighting. It's gonna be really interesting to hold these in hand. I, I'm really looking forward to uh holding them in hand they also look giant and whoever's hands are holding these things um but uh i'm really excited to to actually hold them in hand they look a lot more rainbowy than i thought they would though but i do love the double-sidedness of it like the the back side of the card is the card and art in non-foil um so pretty cool uh so they've got things going and uh 48 is a good start uh and a good you know move forward um but not a ton of update from that it's like, listen, it's better. This is what I've advocated for, and I think you have as well. And not, I'm not putting us on different sides here. We've both advocated for communication, and any communication, like even little things like this, I think is a step in the positive direction. Now, if you were to be like, hey, is 48% of things boxed? Or I, I think it's 48% of, of cards packaged or something packed, like that. I don't yeah, know. the packs. Packed. Yeah, I don't know what the exact verbiage is. Is that enough at the point we're at to, you know, target a decent release? I I don't know enough about the industry and about, you know, kind of the shipping process and the distribution process to know what that timeline looks like. I do know, however, that they need to dodge one thing, and that's Lorcana's release. They've got one set a year. They need to hit the... Like, listen, man... You can laugh all you want. They need to hit the ground running with one set a year. And to do that, you cannot release at the same time as that as the Disney game that's going to pull money out of every community. You can't that's do that. That's fair. It is going to pull out of every community. Every community is going to pull money to Lorcana. It's going to happen. And if this is your initial release, I think you need to be as far away from that and before that as possible. Especially with one set a year. You don't have anything to follow up that Lorcana release and be like, look set number two like don't yeah have that. well you got beta <laughs> sure <laughs> sure shout um, out team covenant i guess <laughs> uh go back and watch the podcast last week everyone uh oh, so i so i think like that's fair like that's fair that's actually a, a good point i do think like we overhype the lorcana thing I, I'm still team. We overhype the Lorcana side of this. Um, well, I'm not. But, I'm not saying that Lorcana is going to demolish it. I'm just saying it's going to grab attention. And when it's your first release, it's your release of your first product. You want all eyes on you. 
that's not a bad thing. If I'm releasing anything, I, yeah. I when I release a video, I don't want to do it around the time of my competitors. I want all eyes on me, right? I want to garner as much attention as I can to try to try to draw as much of that audience to me as possible. I don't see like this. That's not a like a negative take on sorcery. I think yeah. they just need to stand outside, and to do that, they can't piggyback that release. So I think what sorcery needs to be doing is you said this earlier is working on their personal community and strengthening it with up like with more uh, more frequent updates. Uh, you kind of you kind of mentioned like you like that we got an update. I think like keeping the eyeballs they have is in my opinion more important right now than finding new eyeballs. Uh like the game hasn't come out yet we don't have cards in hand every every conversation currently about sorcery has been 100 speculative most the vast majority of people haven't even played the game uh the vast majority of people you know haven't even held a sample or haven't hold, held a card like i've gotten to hold say i have sample cards in the background of my video right like i like we the vast majority of people haven't even gotten to engage with the product yet and so sorcery doubling down on their current community and making their current community feel valued and uh, and important and having the dialogue with them and having updates is in my opinion the most important thing let the current community enjoy the product the alpha product um and then figure out okay how do we grow this with lgs's how do we grow this listen if they like i've said it since day one one of these tcgs should just be the kickstarter tcg they should use the cool mini or not model. They should just do Kickstarter every set. That should be where they get their hype, where they ex- that that should be their business model. One of these TCGs should do that, whether it's sorcery or not. I don't know, but monetize, but marketing and exciting and monetizing your current community in a way that's really healthy, I think is, is the, should be the goal for them right now. Um, and like one update every, I don't know. 15 it's days been it's been a while it's just not that's a while not since that. the last update it's i think it's more than 15 days but that's not that's not the move yeah like that's like, not i get that there's not an update 48 percent's not exciting right like 48 percent isn't an exciting number i just again looking at it from this side of the table it doesn't mean something to if you if you don't understand the intricacies of the industry it means very little to you yeah and and not to you, to me. Like oh. I'm I'm from myself. But can I ask you, sorcery? We we talk about Lorcana having the big audience advantage, right? Because it's going to drop. It's going to be. It's Disney. Every you can't find someone in America that doesn't know what Disney is. I'm like like right. Lork or er, sorcery's got the advantage of. We always say, hey, it raised this much on Kickstarter because of the notoriety. Is the fact that the sorcery community is going to be larger than most indie TCG communities just on release yeah. than, than any, almost any other community that starts, you know, again, Lorcana aside, do you think that's a reason to lean in or do you think that does not matter as far as bolstering your existing community versus finding new players? So I think that that's a, I think that should be a conversation to share with distribution to be like, look, like we are, we have a better shot than any of these other games. I think that's a reason to believe in sorcery more than uh, the right, average new TCG. I don't think I asked the. I, I might have not asked the question correctly. Sorry. Is that you advocated for like, hey, we always say these indie TCGs need to find a way to reach new players. Yeah, but we're also saying like, hey, you have to 
placate to your fan base. You have a fan base. You need to kind of kind of stroke them a little bit because they've got a little more exposure than other. Do you think they could lean in further to placating to the existing fan base oh, over finding new players? Yeah, no, I think that's a very valid statement. And let me elaborate a little bit of why I think that that like Magic the Gathering is successful because not because it had a big Kickstarter, but because early on it had dedicated people who loved the game and right. shared it with their friends. Or yeah, there was no internet back then. But like, say really, it again for the people in the back. Like, Everyone forgets that. Everyone wants to come out and be the next Magic, but nobody wants to do that part. Yeah, like, shout out Cryptic. Though. I I think all these games need to just be okay with the size that they are and stop trying to compete with people who have much bigger audiences than they, years than they maybe ever will like like they, like i forget the numbers of of the uh from that post do you remember oh, what like metazoo and flesh and blood it, like it would was be the the two biggest indie tcgs the market yeah. share that this person provided it was like one percent and again, we don't we don't know how valid that that data is. I, I didn't do any research yeah. into how that data was got. I I skimmed that post. It was very long, but assuming that data is correct, yeah, it was laughable. But uh, it was. It's not laughable. It's it's great. It's important. It's a huge for those games. That yes. is that's a success. That is a great oh, success. Yes. The, the the it's laughable in the sense that it dwarfs. Where it's, it's laughable is when people start talking about these games are overtake are going to overtake Magic the Gathering. Uh, when the market pumps for the for let's use uh, let's use MetaZoo. If the market pumps for MetaZoo you will see the market pump for every other TCG on the market. Pokemon cards will go up 30%. MetaZoo cards will go up 30%. Flesh and Blood cards will go up 30%. Sorcery sample cards will go up 30%. And you know what? Ethereum will go up 30%. The stock market will go up 30%. Uh, I don't know. I I could sell my value of my house goes up 30%. All this stuff, it just moves in lateral with each other. And sure. Each of all these communities are just going to focus on their their game, and like I think at the end of the day, when you talk about something that lasts thirty years, like Magic the Gathering, it lasts thirty years because the community was important. The Which community is why you can't yeah. skip that step. You cannot yeah. skip. You've you've talked about it before. You've mentioned, and again, I'm giving Cryptic gets a second shout out here. You mentioned you have your store, and there's there's champions of your store. People that just they want to play Cryptic. They want to. They're bringing extra decks. You can't skip that step. I don't care what indie TCG you are. You don't get to do that because when you have any rockiness. When the road gets bumpy and Lorcana falls on your head, you need someone to hold your game down, to hold your community down, to say, hey, people, it's going to be okay, right? And if you skip that step, you might build a larger community faster, but you will definitely build a more fragile community. And we have seen it, and that community will fracture. They won't die. There'll be something left, but you'll lose, and you won't have to. So, like, I think Lorcana, like, I think... I think some of the speculative markets will certainly be affected by Lorcana. And this is where I'm getting like my, my cryptic community is not going to die because Lorcana is a massive success. Nobody like, said, nobody said, that. but like what I'm, what I'm saying is because there is a community built into that now, cryptic speculative market, you could see the, the price of, uh, of r- riddle cards drop. 50 percent when lorcana comes out you can see sure. sorcery sample cards drop 50 percent when the you know whatever sure. lorcana comes out right. um but like 
my point is if you are building a community that does, that's just noise that doesn't matter in the long term the question is what is what percentage of these communities and this has been a conversation about sorcery for a long time but what percentage of these communities is flippers investors you know uh speculative versus people who actually really want the cards really want to engage with it and we don't know that for sorcery because there's not boxes in hand there's not but we sure but if you'll let me be negative we have an idea we have a small idea because of the way it's been delivered because of the history of announcements right the whole idea that you know so we don't necessarily have distribution nailed down yet we don't know how that's going to work however we are able to pump sample cards we're able to pump the how our cards look we're able to talk about this specialized secret layer maybe mini set thing that again it's all speculative it's just a post but like since the focus is there rather than how is this going to be distributed to the every man every woman every human who wants to play this game we see kind of where that focus is and that focus lends to a more fragile community when it comes to uh, something affecting that speculative collector market right over over gameplay and this is why Man, I don't mean to get preachy, but this is why I've said on this podcast since day one, gameplay matters because that's a core pillar of getting people to lean into caring about your game. When they have fun engaging with the community and playing yeah. the game, it builds that, you know, that concrete love. Sorry. Because that's the community side of it. That's where the community yeah. is formed. Exactly. Um, we get together and we play it. We hang out. Yeah. It's like Pokemon. Everyone uses Pokemon as the example, but like Pokemon, that was the same thing. It was just you and I playing it on the, on the playground and just being like, Oh, I drew this card and it's got a, a casting cost. That's more expensive. So I win, or my number says 120 on a Charizard. So yours says 90. I win. (laughs) Like like we didn't know what we were doing, but that, that memory is kind of like what, what keeps it in. You brought up you brought up hard memories. I had a Venusaur Exeggutor deck. Venusaur could move your your energy, and Exeggutor the big explosion attack. And I collected and traded and built this deck, and I would just do giant bomb big explosions. And I left it at a little league baseball game, in a in a in a box one day, and that deck was gone forever. I'm sorry, man. That's super sad. It's my it's my childhood Pokemon memory. Um, shout out! Shout out to, to whoever find that deck. <laughs> shout out to ready for this the first time ever on this podcast that you're gonna probably the last time that you're gonna see a Yu Gi Oh card. Oh, shout out MinMax Games that let me open Yu Gi Oh packs. I never opened a pack of Yu Gi Oh cards before. I bought it's a so huge. Tiny. I bought a huge Yu Gi Oh collection this week. Uh, sending in things to get graded with Yu-Gi-Oh! Not something I ever thought I would do, but like, <laughs> look anyway. at you go, dude. Um, no, I just think like I have a lot of high expectations for these games, but I also I'm done with the conversation of any of them are going to overtake Magic. I, same thing, like in terms of gameplay yeah. and whatever, it, and Pokemon. Like that, that's just not. I think all the indie games. This goes to everything, not just sorcery. Every this goes to Cryptic. We're about to talk about Cryptic, like. Every one of these indie, every one of these indie games needs to figure out the size of their current community. Stop comparing it to Magic the Gathering or Pokemon or whatever. Figure out the size of their current community and ask the only question I think that matters right now: How do I grow my community by twenty percent this year? Sure. Or, or how do I grow my community by anything? Like, listen, we talk about wanting to see this massive growth. Sometimes that's not in the cards. Sometimes TCGs ebb and flow. 
Or sometimes they're just not in. And like, hey, during those times, how do I grow my community just by a little bit? Just by a little bit. You do that. It's, you know, it's it's the reason it's we're not good at this. It's the reason we can't really lose weight. We can't do things <laughs> incrementally over time. Like that's the real way to do it. Yeah. Don't fad diet your TCG. <laughs> All right. Let's uh let's move on and talk about uh about cryptic. Uh so cryptic, hey, I wanna my my event, I think if you're coming, make sure you get signed up because we had to extend it. It was supposed to be 32 cap because I didn't want it to be more than whatever it is, five five rounds. Then Tanner was like, hey, man, getting a lot of messages. Your event's full. Do you think we could fit some more people? Like the new space, I could probably fit. I could probably fit like 60 people in the new space if we really wanted to you know, squeeze everybody in. Anyway, um, we extended it to 48 Uh and it's like pretty much full. I think last time I checked it was at 42 or 43. Um, but like, I'm super stoked. I, I'm just excited to be in the new building. Um, but like to do an event like this, it's just really exciting. I just, I bought a, uh, a $4,000 computer and, and camera setup. Uh, just like the same thing I have in the background. I, I, uh, this was my big purchase this year. Um, cause I'm, we're going to stream the event. We're going to have people, I'm going to try to have people emceeing it. Uh, I'm not, it's was called, it called, called commentate? Yeah, whatever. So you know. I don't do TCGs. Uh, commentating it. <laughs> um, <laughs> that is the best quote that's ever been on your TCG channel. Just so you know. Listen, I I try to watch competitive TCG play. I just get so bored with everything. Oh my god, you're so wrong. Uh, like, go, go watch Stanislav Sivka play modern in the Return to Ravnica block. Oh, you know what I do so like is good. the 90s so Magic good. the Gathering. I think 90s Magic the Gathering ruined uh, East, like commentary and magic for me. I think you and I need to recreate that commercial. That would be content. Yes. That's content. <laughs> we have, like, there's the girls in the background. Yeah. Teams, oh, yeah. Our wives. Our wives. <laughs> I'm in. I'm so in. I am so in. My I've wife is so in. out. My wife yes. has, has not wanted. To, yeah. Anyway. Um. Yeah. So super excited. I'm just stoked for it. Um. It, spoiler on the channel. You can get ready for hopefully uh, weekly streams of pint of popper, um, and weekly streams of uh, cryptic, and then weekly streams of some sort of commander. I think on the channel uh, from the shop when we're in the new building after a couple weeks. But I'm super excited about that. Commander is so hard to follow on stream. You do your commander live streams were always so great because you included the cards, and yeah. there was your pod was very well spoken and elegant as far as explaining what was happening on the table you've watched i've watched some commander content man trying to get into it and it's tough to follow so well it's it's exp- like um, it's expensive to every, do it every, that way every every card in this in magic the gathering is available to you so it's hard to follow if you don't have card images and someone walking you through it but in order to do that you have to have somebody who's running the card images for you yep. like it's an it's like, like listen, an expensive listen man you're like, the ivory tower youtube channel spend the money okay like, up there up there in your gold coast I've, youtube channel there just was spend a the money. way if there was a way just to spend the make, money if there's a way to make money like us small it, youtubers just do our best here and you just shut up and spend the money the problem is you do it like i pay somebody to run the card images and there's like no there's no comeback to it it's just like a it's like yeah anyway um cryptic what you what? make millions of dollars just spend the money not. millions of dollars uh, on a youtube channel back to cryptic uh they also announced this week some really cool stuff for wave two which i'm stoked about um i wanted to show uh 
one mm. we this came out right at the end of us doing the podcast last week the clapton irons uh frog promo uh which is super <laughs> cool <laughs> that looks great so there's 66 of these uh and they're doing a hashtag that's like free the frog uh it's just cool little advertising um and also just like i don't know it's cool it's a cool card clapton and irons I, I want this card yeah one of 66 it's a cool chase again like there's regular versions of this card it's not exclusive or whatever like that like it's just no a, no no. but what did you say what is it it's one of 66 yeah does that make it serialized it is serialized so i mean love it now josh i don't want to get you too excited but there's also serialized brassman's wills uh that are in this as well and so this is the um the new artwork for Brassman's Will. And this is a uh, one of one that will be in wave two. Uh, and that's this variant. And then there's a one of a hundred that is a different variant that's purple. Um, and then there's a one of 500 that is blue. So three different variants on that. Um, and I think that's super cool. And I like that. I think that's all of them. I hope if it is all of them, I like that that's it. Like, that's the chase. You know what the chase is in wave two. Um, I hope that I personally, I hope that that's it. I don't know if he's going to release more things or more stuff's going to come out. Tanner, you heard it here first. I want it on record. Better not do it. I think this is enough for wave two. Maybe leave some excitement for wave three or something else. Like, uh, otherwise, wave two boxes going to be. Anyway, uh, if you're wanting wave two boxes, uh, I still have them at cavdamesmarket.com. I'll leave a link in the comment section. But uh, Wave 2 is shaping up to look pretty sweet. And I love that he's putting different chases in it and different things that are exciting. Like, as an LGS owner who is um, all in on Cryptic and put in a, a large, large order and tells my rep every single week he should be telling his other stores about Cryptic, I put a lot of my energy and reputation into Wave 2 of, of Cryptic. And so, um, what? <laughs> Yeah, uh, you had me until you put your reputation on. Oh, no, God forbid! Oh, yeah, you don't want to ruin that. I, I care about that. Um, that makes one of us. <laughs> I, like I, I want this to be super successful, and like this is huge for Cryptic. This is one of those things that's like, will will the game, you know, be able to get into distribution? This is, if Distro sells out of this, that means that Distro says, hey, I want more boxes of the next set. Like, this is the moment. Everybody looks to Kickstarters and numbers and whatever. This is the moment of, except, like, if you look at Akora, like, they are completely clearing out of boxes of that because it didn't succeed at the distro level. And this is the question of like, will this game succeed at a distribution level? Uh, Do stores want to order the rest of it? Do they want to come back for it? Like this is the moment for cryptic in terms of like what, what pushes into the next set, what makes distro say, Hey, I want to take the next set. Um, And so, yeah, this is a big deal. Well, listen, it's bait right let's let's call it what it is it's bait it's mm-hmm. it interests people like me people that are you know kind of on the on the fringe of the cryptic community we love the game we love what they're doing we haven't engaged with it hardcore it's an opportunity for us to you know get that hook you say serialized cards that's that's maybe the number for me you say collectability you talked about a certain foil a certain alt art and that's something that just draws us in deeper and gets us closer to that core you know center of the community and listen this is a good move it doesn't hurt gameplay it's something super chase one of one like uh i listen i 
if I if I wanted to be skeptical, if I wanted to say, hey, just a couple things that maybe I, I don't like, but again, I don't know how it's going to play out yet. One of one might be a little tight. The fact that there is a one of one could be a little tight. We've talked about in other games. We don't necessarily love that. So I'd love to see how that turns out. And also I would have liked to see other cards in, and again, I'm biased. I like serialized cards. I'd like to see other cards serialized outside of Brassman's will, because you talked about last week, this is your take that, the cryptic's at the Pokemon effect. I love this citizen. Yeah. I love this citizen. I think it would have been cool to go a little bit wider with this and be able to maybe catch more smaller fish, saying I have an opportunity to have a serialized version of my favorite aspect of the game. I think that was that could have been different. But this art, man, is just like it's drawing me in just looking at it. I think it's a, I think it's a great so, art. I think it's a great job. George likes this art more than the regular brassman's will art and i think that's a wild wild take like oh i don't have the regular brassman's will art in front of me oh i do i see it now so so i I, so i've got the other one up i i think the art's cool like the story behind this i love it i think it's really the story is great so you know christopher rush did the brassman's will this is christopher rush's daughter i think that's amazing and i think that's awesome and Christopher Rush's daughter, I hope you don't watch our podcast, but if you do, like, I think your artwork's fantastic. I just think, like, your, your dad's artwork was better. Like, I just, like, I like, I like the, wow. the like, what? I, I feel like, come on, that's fine. That's okay to say. That's gotta be okay to say. You're supposed to do the content thing and be like, art is subjective. No. Well, like, for me, it's not. Like, I, I like, and like. <laughs> for me, I, I am judge, jury, and executioner of art. <laughs> On my channel, it is. Um, All right, find this podcast next week on Hometown TCG, I guess. <laughs> but like, I, you know, I, I don't know. I, I like this. I like it. I think it's really cool. I, I think George is crazy though. Like, I, I just think. Oh, I'm in. I don't. Yeah, I'm in. I'm in. George is crazy. I miss him. <laughs> I love him, but the dude's nuts. Um, let me also say there is some other fun chases for those uh, citizens that you do. You know, the Pokemon effect from last week. There's, I think, a white text version in this for Wave 2. And then the hollows all have, like, the different backgrounds. So there's a lot of stuff, I think, also that people will want. Um, Tanner, just serialize it. Just you just love serialize. I actually, I like, I like that there's not going to be dead. more. Or if, I hope there's not going to be more. But um, anyway. Yeah. Anyway, Wave 2 coming out. My event's coming up. I'm super excited. I'm excited to be done with the event so I can stop hyping it up on this. And we can talk about the event instead. Um Oh, I hate to... hyping my event up, but also we had to expand it because there's just too many people. <laughs> um, all right. Is that it for Cryptic? I on? think so. Cool. All right. Let's finish it up with uh, a Meta Zoo. Uh, the Towers. Uh, Meta Zoo Towers. So they did a tweet uh, this week that got a lot of... Uh, you, want, you want to do the intro on this one? <laughs> I took my headphones off and hear what you said. I didn't want to be All involved. right. They did a tweet. Uh, <laughs> and they've done a lot of this. This, this is an interesting uh, conversation we kind of had off camera, but like they've been doing a lot sure. of this tagging other games. Like they've mm-hmm. tagged Yu Gi Oh! and Flesh and Blood and Pokemon and Magic, Digimon. I actually like, I actually think it's super smart. Like I think I, so this is, all right, let's get to the main point of this conversation. Sure. If you are a, tcg player you're a competitive tcg player you play tcgs as a hobby for money that's kind of like the 
the dichotomy. You're not a professional maybe, but like you spend the time because you think you have an opportunity to win some money or some prizing in, in these events. Is that the way that the world works? It's not the way that Louis works, but is that the way that some of people's world works? I am sure that some people's world works that way. I think you're safe. You may continue. Okay. I feel like you should go play in the medicine towers event, $2 million prize pool. Like, I feel like that's something that you should go do. If you are within driving distance where you don't have to sacrifice money or, you know, your time with your family, whatever. Like, I think that that is something, the tower events, $2 million prize. And I like that they are advertising or trying to advertise to that demographic of people. And I think that's a win. Sure. Uh, Listen, We've talked about the fact that you need to grow your game. You need to keep your community attached, right? And I have not always agreed with, let's say, everything MetaZoo's done in the past. This one, the the tagging of other games personally felt weird to me. But moving past that and saying like, hey, if you're a competitive TCG player, let's just say we're telling you you're silly not to go play in this event. Couple things. The competitive TCG community is a scary community. They will find your weakness, where you're broken, where you don't make sense. They will exploit you in any way possible to get that edge. And I don't know that MetaZoo, as a trading card game, an experience where I sit down and play the game against an opponent, is battle-tested as far as balance is concerned to support that. These grinders are a different breed, and if there is something wrong, they will find it, they will exploit it, and, like, listen, the ugly truth is Medicine's got a little history of a controversial banning at a live event that was for a big amount of money. There's, There's not a lot of confidence that you know, it, maybe you're not all in on the game that that won't happen again. So I, I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see how it plays yeah. out. <sighs> I Listen, I think for your first point there, like that's the reason to do it. If I, if you are, if you can do it, then prove it. Like that's my, that is the, if you can break the game, it's, it's not then just break. that you're going to break the game. It's that the every man doesn't have a confidence to go into the event knowing the game's not broken. Because yes, if you're if you're the competitive guy, if you're you're Johnny Combo player, right? You can go to this event and you can break the game, break the game. But if you're just Josh Christensen alone, and you're like, hey, maybe I'll go play MetaZoo. I go and I've, my first three rounds are all against the same deck, and it's a Yu-Gi-Oh situation where I just get run over by the same combo, and it's yeah. unstoppable, and it's whoever does it first. I'm like. Well, you know, I'm, frankly, I'm kind of out, right? right? I'm saying if you get a large group of that, it's going to sully that experience for a wide number of players that hasn't been grinding that game in that fashion. So do you think that the online game will help with something like that? What It, it always does. Like, mm-hmm. and, and, and listen, if it doesn't, it means people aren't playing your game. Like, that's the short and skinny of it, right? Because the online game gives people the opportunity to test a million strategies with much less effort. You don't have to proxy other cards. You don't always have to plan play times. You just pop on, test your strategy, report back to your team or your group or whatever it is. That will 100%, that's going to battle test this game. But I don't think that drops before the time. No, it doesn't. I was just curious on the future. Like as a a non-competitive person, does that, 
or non-super competitive grinder, does that give you an incentive to be able to practice without like finding play groups and finding that kind of thing? Well, it's what we saw in Flesh and Blood, right? It's it's the reason that you get play test groups in a highly competitive atmosphere and you share data and then you keep that data locked up before the introduction of something like Talishar. Now, with the introduction of something like Talishar, people are more freely able to share their results to kind of come to a community consensus about how things work, right? And then balance mm-hmm. becomes even more and more important. Yeah. So we I, see this on Arena where the, the on Magic Arena where the set comes out and an hour later the community is broken. It's like solved the format and broken something. And this this is why you see now Wizards of the Coast again. God, I'm just looking to cancel myself. Gets credit here <laughs> because they've delayed the release of the set on digital formats to let it come out in the game store. Because what would happen is people would have been grinding and ready for release week and release week lost that feeling of like that fun every yeah. person event it was it was this highly competitive thing so i don't know man metazoo has got to prove its metal and say it's battle tested and ready for this <sighs> that's that's the part i'm worried about is it battle tested enough to be ready for something like this and again when you have that history and i know this is not your take this is my take i stand alone on this i'm not no, putting words in anyone else's mouth but my own what? So, uh, so I want to talk about because they actually tagged uh, the person who. So it's who it's. Banned. So yeah, I want to. When it comes to someone like Dagan White, who I've interacted with, is part of a fab team that I used to sponsor. It, from all accounts of my own, is is a is a good person who had controversial things to say about a trading card game. Sure. When a when something like that happens in your competitive scene, you push a lot of those people away. So now tagging those communities and saying hey come back in it feels like why outside of two million dollars outside of your your declared prize pool what have you changed where we don't have to feel this again yeah and so this is my take on that do it once okay say that you're going to change it say that you're going to be better and that you're going to not do that whole thing again with ban, you know, banning somebody in the middle of a tournament with lots of money, and benefit of the doubt that MetaZoo learned from that. Hopefully, they see the that that as a uh, losing the respect of that community and losing the trust of that community. And if they do it again, that's a pattern, right? Like if if you do it again, that's now a pattern. We we saw it once. Sure. But my point still stands of like, there's a $2 million TCG tournament. Like you should be, if you are a grinder for games, I still think like this is an opportunity to, to maximize your ability to earn money in a TCG space. Sure. But what do those competitive players want? They want a fair environment. And when, and your point you just made banned for no reason someone who is crushing a tournament right and mm-hmm. you know it, would, would he have won who knows that's very insane that's that's the only part of the story i don't like is oh he's gonna win and then he banned it. like nobody knows that part because he didn't win right <laughs> like right nobody knows yeah. that part yet but yeah. all indicators show and and again just as a tcg he was player, certainly going to compete he's fantastic as a tcg yeah. player mm-hmm. and you know again from my experience as a person when you haven't shown, because you haven't had, to Metazoo's credit, they haven't had an opportunity to show they won't do it again. When you haven't shown, your statement of it's a $2 million TCG event falls on deaf ears because I say, well, it's not a fair playing field. 
because I you haven't proven that you're not going to do that again. So yeah, I like the, I like the fool me once, give me a second chance. From my opinion, for that community, I'm not just going to YOLO in and say everyone deserves a second chance. But no, you need yeah. to show me first that you're not going to do it again. Because yeah, like if I'm Dagan, I'm certainly not going to go back. And play well, again. if if <laughs> I'm any if I'm yeah. anyone in that community, and yeah. that just leads back to the bl- the blindness of tagging that community of saying, "Hey, give us a set." We changed. It's like, well, show it first. Have mm-hmm. a tournament series where somebody does, like you say, somebody makes the decision. It's a two million dollar event. I'm going to go in. I can crush this thing. I'm a competitive TCG player. TCG player. I'm going to win it, and then it goes smoothly. Yeah. Now tag them and say, hey, we made a mistake. We acknowledge that. We're working to be better. Here's a track record of us being better. Yeah. Without that track record, it's like saying, like, trust me, I'm going to be better uh, based on what, right? So that's, yeah. that's I guess, where I sit with it. Uh, yeah, I mean, it it was weird. It felt weird. The tags, to me, it <laughs> felt weird. I get why you do it. Like, listen, man, yeah. I got some clicky youtube thumbnails like i get it <laughs> yeah listen <laughs> like, I, I love it. it though like i love the indie tcg drama like i love oh, the i love the community like it it's almost a movie it's almost like a and you want to see the end of the movie everybody come together and just accept that we're all going to be here like that I tried of, that for six months on YouTube. You can like multiple TCGs. That's not gonna happen. <laughs> no, but like eventually it will. Like we're ah. still so new into this. Listen, we are still so new into this. There was a world. There was a, a time of age when it was just Settlers of Catan and Monopoly, and no other board games existed, and that was it. And now in this world, you have three million copies of Disney's villainous uh, and uh, the Star Wars version of it. And so you know that when Lorcana comes out, that they're going to have to print millions of bucks. This is a wild tangent. You're wild. You're unhinged today. You're unglued, if you will. Back to my infinity. I hope. I hope that there's a point in this alternative TCG universe when we can just all accept that these games aren't going anywhere. Um, They're not going to overtake the big three, um, but their communities are just going to have to coexist together. uh, And it doesn't have to be (laughs) the drama that is the alternative TCG community. No, no, please. I disagree. Please, Keep it going. I want to love these games without the drama. <laughs> I You're just, not. I, I just... still get comments on my videos where Fab. I hate this channel now. I you know. used to Fab. You know, it's like, listen, I man. Do, we I can like multiple things. I want that. I, I need to. This is your glass shattering moment. It ain't coming. Not in our lifetime. It ain't coming. <laughs> I uh, I just want us all to be able to be kind to the other TCGs <laughs> around us. Well, listen, when those TCGs aren't kind to you, it makes it really difficult for you to be kind back to well, them. I want the TCGs to be kind to the people, too. I just want all of us to coexist. <laughs> like, <laughs> That's not how capitalism works, my friend. All right, are we done? Are we done with whatever this is? I, I think today? we're finally done. This has been yeah. a good one. I, I, I miss I, George. Oh, yeah, I, I miss, miss George. George. Shout out to George. Um, Shout out to George. Uh, he'll be back next week. Um, yeah. Oh, we didn't do. 
I don't know, but it is now almost 1 a.m. and this podcast goes live at 9 a.m. So I need to get to editing that. Uh, everyone, thank you so much for being here. George, we miss you. Remember to be kind to the other TCGs around you and the people around you. <laughs> May the soup be with you. And also with you, dude. Thank <laughs> you.